This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to It's Not You, It's Them, but it might be you with me. La la la, let me explain. And today, this episode is definitely them. It ain't you. And if it is you, book yourself into a facility, do something. Because today, I want to talk about so-called paedophile hunters. And the reason that I landed on this topic today is because I've recently fallen down a very complex rabbit hole on Instagram regarding a man named Adam Whittington. He's on Instagram as adam.whittington23 or something and Project Rescue Children. Adam Whittington is the founder of Project Rescue Children. He's got about a million followers on Instagram. And PRC, which is Project Rescue Children, is his alleged project in which he allegedly rescues children from traffickers in Uganda and other places uh, around Africa and around the world. Over the years, loads of people have sent me his page, actually, because obviously I am into child protection. And every time anyone has ever sent me a post by him, I've recoiled in horror and never followed back because anytime I've seen anyone repost his stuff, I've always had to DM them to correct it to say, no, no, this is not, this is not child safeguarding. This is not child protect. This is the opposite of what I believe to be good child protection safeguarding information. He claims to be a child abuse expert. I don't know where that knowledge came from. Definitely hasn't studied anything as far as I can tell. His page and the things that he posts suggest to me that he is far from an expert. Loads of hysteria around sex education in schools, hysteria around stranger danger and gay people and trans people coming for our kids. He's more concerned about drag queens than your pervy uncle, you know? And it's very, very rare for him or Project Rescue Children to post anything that looks to me as though it's legit or helpful to child safeguarding. It's all that incredibly hysterical, like, wayfair, children trapped in a cupboard type shit, and not the reality, which is the stuff that I post. The Project Rescue Children page and Adam's page both post incredibly inappropriate stuff, as far as I'm concerned. They have posts like photos of alleged children that they've rescued and I keep saying alleged because there really is no proof or evidence it's just a picture of a child and like here's a child we rescued and odd because like why you why if that was a child you rescued why are you showing their face you don't need to do that and you shouldn't be doing that and it does feel a bit like white savior behavior you know this white man going out to Africa rescuing these black children there's pictures of dead children and mutilated bodies again not Normal, not okay, not necessary. And the pics are never, ever verifiable. 
Never. It's just a random picture. I look on the page and I'm like, okay, this random picture, how does this connect to what you've written in the caption? I could literally just Google an image of a child, put that up on my page and go, guys, this is a really vulnerable child. I actually helped this child. I... I've put them into a refuge, da da da, and and everybody in comments could just be like, "Wow, you're amazing!" But there's no way of verifying who that child is or what I actually did with that child. So often it's just a blurred out like picture and a caption that says, "These are some kids we rescued. Please donate to our to our project." So I've been very suspicious of this whole thing since it first came to my attention, and of course. I was not surprised at all when I googled Adam Whittington's name and found that there are articles relating to the fact that he served time in prison in Lebanon for physically assaulting a child after some kind of botched recovery operation. There's also an article in the Daily Mail that shows that he used a Getty stock image of a little black girl and posted a caption saying, this little bundle of joy couldn't stop smiling after seeing her mother. So he's Googled little black girl or little African girl, posted a picture of this random child with the caption, a lake, they've called her in this caption, was abducted by family members and taken into Zambia from Kenya. She was taken in extreme circumstances over seven months ago from her mother's arms and was not heard of again. Now, the post has since been deleted since being exposed in the Daily Mail. Imagine that was your kid. Unbelievable. There's also a report in the Sydney Herald from October 2021 in relation to Project Rescue Children following a letter from Kenya's Director of Criminal Investigations to the Australian Embassy stating that the organisation Project Rescue Children has not rescued a single child from trafficking and sexual exploitation as it is being claimed on their website. Deep that. And they have also said Kenyan police have accused Project Rescue Children and Adam Whittington of misrepresenting innocent children as victims of the international sex trade in an apparent bid to solicit donations. Imagine being those children or their parents. What sent me down this recent rabbit hole and has given me the confidence to finally be able to go, I think something dodgy is going on here. Nothing's been investigated yet. Nothing's been verified yet. And I really hope that the rabbit hole that I've been down and maybe even this podcast might lead people with the resources to actually look a bit deeper into what is going on here. Because at the moment, it is just, you know, the information we've got, obviously, verified from those news articles, but also, you know, hearsay, allegations, whatever, which is why I guess the organisation hasn't been taken down yet. But what sent me down this current rabbit hole was posts by two women on Instagram, at alex.rosebetts and at samantha.dyp. If you go onto their pages and look at their story highlights, They've both got massively complex and long, but very interesting highlights. Both of them uh, have had like 
proper connections. I think they were really supporting. They were, they, they, they were people who saw this organisation, I think, originally and thought, wow, I need to get behind this. This is a great man who is, you know, helping trafficked and sexually exploited children. And Samantha, you may have seen her on other podcasts and stuff, is somebody who's experienced human trafficking, who prosecuted and convicted her own trafficker and has been through serious sexual abuse. So was really, I guess, keen to get involved with what looked like a really good project. So it appears that Adam Whittington somehow got hold of a young Ugandan baby. And from Alex Rosebet's highlights, it shows that he offered this baby to a number of women. Again, this is just from the highlights. This hasn't been to court. I have to be careful when I say this stuff. But from the highlights, it shows that he's asked a number of women, white women, if they want to be this young African girl's mum over WhatsApp. Like, hey, do you want to be her mum? Cool, yeah, you can be her mum. You know, Uganda really has proper adoption processes, just like everywhere else in the world. You can't just hand over babies willy-nilly who you've allegedly rescued. Who even is this baby? Where are her parents? Why not go through the official channels? But anyway... Alex Rose Betts was desperate to be this baby's mum. She'd bonded with this baby when she was out in Uganda. And Adam just basically sort of said, cool, you're her mum now. But then, like, according to these highlights, turned around and said, actually, you're not. You're a drug addict. You've been smoking wheat. Oh, it's I can't. Please have a look at the highlights. It's all so complicated, but all very dodgy. Really fucked up. But Alex and Samantha were both big supporters of PRC, travelled to work with Adam but have since been trying to expose him as per their highlights. And as a result of them trying to expose him and what he's been up to and how apparently fraudulent this organisation is and potentially harmful to children rather than helpful, he has publicly backlashed against them on his stories, calling them crack whores. In fact, let me just read out exactly. I took a screenshot of one of them and Samantha Brown, as we know, who has genuinely had her own experiences of being trafficked. He refers to her as a trailer trash scumbag that plays trafficking victim and anti-porn advocate, but as of 2023 still prostitutes herself out. And he calls Alex Rose Betts, a compulsive, manipulative, lying nobody who sleeps with multiple men to fund her fraudulent, pathetic life while avoiding the tax office debts and buying her followers. An absolute insult to real mums pretending she's a mother for social media attention. I mean, is that the sort of language that you would expect on a charity page from a CEO of a legitimate child trafficking charity? Anyway, have a look at the highlights and I'm pretty sure that you will instantly see how wild and worrying this all is. And to be honest, the way that he's been posting about them since they've tried to expose him makes me quite worried about what backlash I'll receive after this. But I'm hoping that getting the message out there might inspire someone to investigate him further so that people who've made donations can establish where that fucking money's gone and so that children are properly protected. And so to me, it is worth that risk. Obviously, we don't know the truth of the matter, but it all playing out in public like this with children's faces and whatnot can't be good for the children or child involved or for a proper charity, you know? It feels really uncomfortable seeing it all. Because there's been no investigations, no lawsuits, no proper look into this, that's pretty much where we have to leave it, you know? Which is really fucking annoying. 
But it did get me thinking about the whole so-called paedophile hunters and vigilantes thing. Because that's what this is. You know, that's what Adam Whittington strikes me as. Like, you know, paedophile hunter, vigilante, I'm going out to a different country to save all these kids. And how lawless and potentially dangerous they are and, and, and the whole kind of thing is, you know? Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week, they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. There are paedophile hunting groups all over the world and all over the UK set up by random people and they pose as children online. Clearly, this is normally the the modus operandi. They pose as children online and they clearly state that they're under 16 when talking to people. So they'll go on to these chat forums or whatever. They talk to lonely men and they state very clearly, constantly that they're under 16 when talking to these men and agreeing to meet up. And when they do agree to meet up, these paedophile hunters pounce on the men and often live stream them, confronting them before handing their evidence to the police. And they tend to rely on donations from the public to be able to do this. And people support pages like those and people like Adam Whittington because we want to help. We hate the idea of children being harmed. It's so natural. It's the fucking worst thing. Everybody does, you know, and it's a great way to appeal to people's empathy and to get money, donations, support by setting yourself up as a paedophile hunter or some kind of rescuer of children. I actually hate the term paedophile hunter, mainly because you don't need to hunt paedophiles. You need to catch people who are harming children. And not all paedophiles commit offences against children. And not everyone who commits sexual offending against children is a paedophile. In fact, and a lot of people are not ready for this kind of conversation, if people were able to be open about being a paedophile or having a sexual attraction to children which is something that people can be born with and sometimes that people can develop after being sexually abused in childhood themselves. Very important to be clear that not everyone who is sexually abused in childhood ends up abusing children and not everyone who abuses children was sexually abused in childhood. Some people are attracted to children from birth in the way that you or I might be attracted to men or women. It's a horrible thing to think about, a horrible thing to get our heads around. But I want to live in a society where those people are able to safely seek support to prevent offending. There is a foundation, Lucy Faithful Foundation is excellent for this. And people who are having thoughts and fantasies and desires for children, but who never, ever want to harm children by either looking at child abuse images or harming children directly, can contact Lucy Faithful Foundation for support to prevent and stop any harmful behaviour against children. But the problem is we demonise paedophiles 
where we should be demonising people who sexually abuse children. A paedophile who's never harmed a child but who goes to get support for that doesn't need to be demonised. They need to be supported so that they never harm. The problem is the current way that society deals with it shoves people underground. A paedophile who never accesses any child abuse images and never ever harms a child isn't a bad person. Conversely, the man down the road who regularly rapes his niece might not even be a paedophile. He might have absolutely no sexual desire towards children. He offends for different reasons. He's not a paedophile, but he's far more dangerous and problematic than that paedophile who never offends. It's complex, but I digress. People are understandably frustrated by what feels like poor police responses and even poorer outcomes when they get caught. I know someone who went to prison for 10 years for having a fingerprint on a bag of drugs. I also know people who've received suspended prison sentences, which means they don't even go to prison for viewing Category A images of children and grooming others. So some of the paedophile hunter people, you know, are brilliant people who are motivated by just that, by being angry about the law and the system and wanting to take it into their own hands because we can see how actually those people who are harming children are not receiving the right sentences and are often not being caught. Some people are in it for entirely the right reasons. Many of them are survivors of child sexual abuse themselves. Many of them don't do it via live streams. They gather evidence in an ethical way and they pass it to the police. But sadly, as potentially PRC and Adam Whittington have shown us, many of them aren't ethical and actually pose a huge risk to children. In 2013, the Association of Chief Police Officers said, one of our worst fears is that groups such as these are infiltrated by the very people they are trying to identify. And this fear has come true. It is actually a really disturbing phenomenon, the number of these self-styled paedophile hunters who actually get convicted of child sex offences or owning child abuse images. Google it, paedophile hunter convicted for child abuse images or just child abuse. There's fucking loads of them. In an article by the Daily Mail titled The Disturbing Truth Behind Britain's Self-Appointed Paedophile Hunters, they talk about a man named Michael Terry, who was already a convicted sex offender before joining the groups. Michael Terry had infiltrated a linked group, the Guardian Angels, and had also won the trust of another group, Hunts to Exposure, and he set himself up as those groups' head of security. This was despite the fact that prior to this, he had already been described as a dangerous sexual predator by a judge. He'd been convicted at Liverpool Crown Court in 2014 of indecent exposure and inciting a girl under 16 to engage in a sexual act and was given a five-year sexual offences prevention order that prevented him from having any contact with children under 16. Then, in February 2016, he was jailed for 12 months at Preston Crown Court when he breached the order by befriending a vulnerable woman who had a six-year-old son and staying overnight with them in Blackpool. And then he breached the order again after he joined the Lincolnshire-based Guardian Angels and became close to its director. Remember, this person, Mandy Bradley, had set up this Guardian Angels in order to allegedly stop paedophiles but yet Mandy Bradley had him staying over at her house on several occasions, despite her having three children under 13. What the fuck? 
These are not trained professionals. They are not people who have investigative powers or resources. They are just members of the public. And whilst many of them have the right intentions, many do more harm than good. In a Guardian report about the paedophile hunter groups, Liz Yardley, who's a criminology professor, said that she suspects that far from being motivated by a need to help children, a lot of the hunters are really doing it for themselves. She said it's incredible how some online groups are able to justify some of the most horrendous behaviour. Child sexual exploitation, she says, is obviously a very serious crime, but they'd be better getting behind the legitimate campaigns of the NSPCC and others. It's interesting to look at the kind of people involved in this. They're not high-achieving professionals with fulfilling family lives and careers. They're people who are looking for opportunities to be somebody and become something, and this defines them. You know, there's a lot of narcissism behind it. It gives them status. Someone like Adam Whittington is treated like a god by his followers. Just look at the comments that are praising him, you know? This is very often a way of a big fat ego boost for these men rather than actually being there to really help children. If you really wanted to help children, raise donations for already existing organisations run by professionals. What makes you think that you are the person to take this into your own hands? That's fucking narcissism. I wouldn't take it into my own hands and I can tell you that I am a child protection expert. You know, I wouldn't even call myself a child protection expert, but I certainly am very, very, very knowledgeable. The untrained unprofessionalism is dangerous. There are multiple reports of things going horribly wrong. There have been several cases where men have taken their own lives days after being live streamed by paedophile hunters. And this is worrying because sometimes they don't get it right. There was a case in Wales of a sex offender grooming children online, but using fake pictures that he'd stolen from the internet. Vigilantes then went to the home of the man in the pictures, not to the home of the offender, and then the innocent man's face was blasted everywhere. He was shunned by his community. His life was ruined because someone had stolen his pictures. He didn't take his own life, but imagine if he had. There was another case where paedophile hunters roamed through a block of flats shouting and banging on doors for 90 minutes, terrifying residents. But for me, the worst thing is the potential for harm for the rest of the family. The Supreme Court ruled in 2020 that paedophile hunters do not violate human rights, stating that the interests of children have priority over any interest a paedophile could have in being allowed to engage in criminal conduct. And I truly agree with this. However, the police continued to discourage cyber vigilante groups from taking the law into their own hands with the exposure of suspects being deemed a risk that they may jeopardise the safety of individuals, their families and the wider public. Nobody seems to give a shit about the impact on the children of the men who are being exposed. It makes families extremely unsafe because people in the community begin to terrorise them. Children can't go back to school due to extreme bullying. In the case of Michael Duff from Tyneside, he was caught by a paedophile hunters group and then he died by suicide as a result. And his daughter Leslie has since spoken out about the fact that her and her teenage daughter have both been punched in the face and spat at in the street and called rapists. Their lives were made hell as a result 
of the paedophile hunters, on top of losing her father and grandfather, and never being able to find out if he was actually guilty because the investigation ended when he died. Police never got to look into it and give them the facts about what dad was really up to. I'd need a lot longer to cover all of the negatives, but I say all of this to say whether it's the UK-based pedo hunter groups or the international rescuing children groups, we need to be very, very careful of trusting random men or people, but specifically men, to take on the safeguarding of children in a lawless and unregulated manner. Whilst there are massive flaws with the police and justice systems, there are established organisations who know how to deal with this effectively and safely. We put children at far greater risk if we support these random men tackling child abuse in their own random and often dangerous ways. So please, be careful where you place your faith and where you put your own money. Now go and have a look down those rabbit holes and let me know what you think. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.